Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. In the fourth chapter of the book of James, let's begin reading with verse 1. Father, we approach your word humbly, knowing that it's the power of God unto salvation. We approach it reverently, knowing the Holy Spirit has anointed it to produce life, light, and love in the heart of the believer. Now we give you all the honor and the praise and the glory, declaring all that it will do in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. In the fourth chapter of the book of James, let's begin with verse 1. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your own lusts that war in your members? You lust and have not. You kill and desire to have. You cannot obtain. You fight and war. Yet you have not because you ask not. You ask and you don't receive because you ask amiss or with the wrong motive or with the wrong intent or wrong attitude that you may consume it upon your lust or your sensual desires. You adulteresses and adulterers and adulteresses. He's talking to believers. Know you not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. Do you think that the Scripture saith in vain the Spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep and let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of God, of the Lord. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. And he shall lift you up. You know, I want to bring something out this morning that I believe is a message for the entire body of Christ and especially those that are involved in faith. The life of faith is not a formula. It's not magic. It's not a struggle between you and God. It's not trying to get our Heavenly Father backed into a corner to see to it that He's going to do what you want Him to do at your own convenience. It's not saying we've got Him in a, in a box, so to speak, to where everything that we want and need is going to be right at, your, at the doorstep when you want it and when you need it. And the Spirit of God moved upon my heart to bring this out this morning, to teach us and to show us that there's a lot more to it than just... I guess the way some people are taking it. It's a shame that He has given us so much, but yet, I guess, it seems to me as though sometimes people appreciate so little of what He's done for us. The life of faith is developing a relationship with the Father heart of God through His order of priorities. The life of faith is Developing and establishing a relationship with a personal being 
He's real. He's alive. He's living. He has compassion and mercy and love. And it's us establishing and developing a relationship with Him. With our Father. Through His Word. And through His order of priorities. Then, when you have a need, and when you have a want, and when you have a desire, it will be there for the asking. And I want to clarify this and I want to get it straight. And we want to set these principles down and priorities down so I believe the body of Christ could benefit with what we've learned about faith. Amen? I hear time and time again people are not getting their prayers answered. They've got the formula, they've got what it says, and they're not getting their prayers answered. What's wrong? What's the matter? Didn't I do it right? Am I not doing it right? Where, where am I missing it? What, what mistake am I making? And if you'll take down these principles and priorities, beloved, you're in for a life of abundant living in Christ Jesus. I mean that with all my heart. And we're going to show you how faith will be so real in your lives. First of all, let's look here in this fourth chapter. Let's, let's look through six through eight. You could, if you read this in the Amplified, you'd love it. The whole thing. But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to who? To the humble. It's by humbling yourself. Verse 7. First word, circle it. Submitting yourself. Humbling yourself. Submitting yourself. And then verse 8, first two words, draw nigh. Drawing yourself. Humbling yourself. Submitting yourself and drawing yourself close or near to the Father heart of God through His order of priorities. Mark them three things down in your Bible. Humble yourself, submit yourself, and draw yourself near. The whole reason that you and I were given the measure of faith was so that all relationship and fellowship and communion with the Father God would be just as Jesus' was when He was on this earth. That is your number one. You've got to realize this. This is what God's purpose is. And you're going to see that that's going to be number one on our list. Now go back to Genesis, the second chapter. Let's go to the beginning. We'll find out exactly the priorities that God has laid out our Father in the Word he has laid them for us as an example. He has set them in motion. And I believe this is going to answer the questions of a lot of families right here today. You're going to be set free. You're going to love what the Word of God says about His order of priorities. You're going to see how John 10.10 10 is going to be so alive in your own life. He came to give you the abundant life. Life more abundantly. You're going to find out. I talk with people every day. I read about pastors that say... The people in my congregation, they're having problems with their marriages, they're having problems with their children, they're having problems with their finances, they're having problems with their health, they're having problems with this and that. And all these problems are, are stemming and coming from this one fact. The church is not teaching what the Word of God says about God's order of priorities. They're, they're not teaching and getting across. You don't want to come here Sunday after Sunday and hear a good sermon. If you do, there's something wrong with you. I don't want to have to go sit, sit under someone's ministry and find out how big words they can use about the Old Testament and tell you all some nice flowery stories and wasn't that nice. Rebecca married Isaac. Glory to God. That's got nothing to do with me. I want to find out how my marriage relationship is going to be strong. I want to find out how I can walk in divine health. I want to find out how I can be prosperous and how I can do all that He said to do in the Word of God. 
That's why we're here week after week and week after week. Amen? And I believe if we'll go back to the beginning and find out what God's order of priorities are in our lives, you're going to get turned loose in your faith. Your faith is going to just be so free, glory to God. You'll be able to walk to the throne of God so bold because you're doing exactly what God wants you to do. Did you ever notice that when you, when you weren't doing what He wants you to do, you walk there with condemnation? Like a little worm in the dust. I mean, you know, you just walk up there, oh dear Lord, I did it. Are you going to forgive me this time? This is about the 400 and how many times? At least he said 490 to Peter. I've done this thing wrong and I've done it wrong and I've done it wrong. And you go there and you, you know, you, you, you have to humble yourself. But when you start to follow these orders, the order of priorities that God has listed in His Word, you're going to be able to walk to the throne of God with your head high up in the air and you're going to say, Father, I've come boldly in the name of Jesus to get my prayer answered. And you'll get it. Just like that. And I think we've all been guilty of not really laying down what He has laid down in His Word as a foundation for this life of faith. In the second chapter of the book of Genesis, look at verse 18. You write this down as God's number one priority in your life. And gentlemen, I am speaking first of all to you. Ladies, you can listen. But men... Directly to you. Listen. Verse 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a help meet for him. I want you to notice, men, that you're alone. And you were alone in the beginning. And the Lord our God, our Father, said it's not good that man should be alone. God is interested in his man. Everything else stems from the fact that our Father God had established a relationship with man before anything else. You go back to the very beginning. He formed him out of the dust of the earth and that body was lifeless it was dead. It had no life in it. There was no, no relationship established with God. There was no fellowship with God. There was no life there at all. But when the Father God had established relationship by saying, I'm making you in my own image and breathe the breath of life into him, he became a living being. Now listen to me. Men, if you're not born again, you're not a man. I can show you that by the word of God. I said, if you're not born again, you're... I heard people say, come on, be a man. Don't follow them sissies, them Jesus freaks. I'll tell you what, if you're not born again, you're the biggest sissy on this earth. It takes a man to live a life of faith. It takes a man to walk in the, in the ways of God. It takes a man to stand up to the almighty creator of all the universe and stand there and declare his rights and privileges and take his place in this earth, this creation. It takes a man and if I'll tell you what right now, if you're not born again, you are not a man. Ephesians, the second chapter. You turn, turn there and look at it with me. Praise your heavenly Father. Hold your place there in Genesis. We're going back there. I want you to note that first of all, God the Father established, He established His relationship with His man first. He did it. He did it. And then man became alive. He became a living thing. A living soul. 
the whole purpose. Let's, let's look at the second chapter here. Let's just start with verse 1. And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. If you are not born again, then you are just as dead as that body was that God created and formed out of the dust of the earth. Only this only thing. You're worse off than that because that one had no life in it. But you have the life and the nature of the devil himself in your being. In that body. If you're not born again. As far as God's concerned, his creation man is dead when he sinned. Worse off than he was when he formed him out of the dust of the earth. No life that time. And God breathed in the breath of life. He became a living being. This here man fell, you know as I know, as in the Garden of Eden when Adam sinned, he fell. And as far as God was concerned, I have no creation. He's dead. He's dead. Dead in sins. As a matter of fact, go over there to the second chapter. Look, look, look at the verse 12. That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, and having no hope, and without God in the world. Without God! There's no established relationship with the Father God. You are without God. You are dead as far as He's concerned. You don't exist as far as He's concerned. But I'll tell you what, the whole purpose for redemption was that God was re-establishing His relationship with His creative man. In the new creation. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. His whole purpose in redemption was sending forth his son to reestablish the relationship that his creative man had in the beginning. And give him life. That he could be alive again. Let's finish that second chapter, verses 2 through 6. Where in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead. If you're not born again, then you're dead. You're not a man. You're not whole. You're not complete. You have no life in you. You're dead. But praise God, look what He did. He quickened us. That word quicken is an old English word. It means He made us alive. He quickened us together. He made us alive together with who? With Christ Jesus. Oh, when you talk about He brought us back, He brought us back into a relationship with the Father God who created us right in the first place. Think about it as we go on. Think about what He really, how much we meant to Him. By grace you are saved. And He's raised us up to, together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus no, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are not a man. Now listen to me. Your first priority, number one, men and women. But right now we're, we're mainly talking to the man because the man was the first created. Listen, your number one priority in life is that you establish a relationship and a fellowship with the Father God. And if you have not done that, then your life right now is... Completely out of the will of God. What's to be in God's will? What's to be in the will of God? 
is to follow what His Word says about His order of priorities in His, and rem keep remembering this, His creation. You are His creation. He is not our creation. You are His creation. And when you follow the principles laid out from the beginning, you're going to see how this thing will flow together. And your life is going to be so changed. You're just going to be so victorious in life. If you will just follow these principles. Every man. Every man that's here today. If you're not born again. If your relationship with the Father is a very weak one. Then your first priority in life is not being fulfilled. I'll put it this way. God's first priority in your life is not being fulfilled. It's not your obligation. It's your obligation to fulfill that first priority. Number one, establish a strong relationship with the creator of the universe as he did in the beginning with Adam. As a matter of fact, we're going to show you how the book of Ephesians follows the pattern to a T as far as God's priorities in the life of man. It, Paul followed it right to a T. The first five chapters, chapter 1, 1, right on through 5, 21, is talking about man, man's relationship with the Father God through the blood of Jesus Christ. And if you want to find out what he's saying about your relationship with him, then in Ephesians, the, fifth, or the first chapter through the fifth chapter, verse 21, that's exactly what he's talking about. And I'm saying, I'm talking to the men right now, to every man that's in this place. I don't ever want you to walk up and say, I never heard that. You're hearing it right now. Your first priority in life, God's first priority in your life, is that you be born again and establish a relationship and a fellowship and a communion with the Father God through the blood of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit of God through His Word. And if you haven't fulfilled that, then you are, number one, out of line with God's will. In, uh, if you'll read these chapters... Verses, uh, chapter 1, right on through the fifth chapter. And if you read right on through there, you'll find out that all you need to know about that relationship is listed. It's just, just laid out there for you beautifully, beautifully, by the Apostle Paul. Now, myself as a man, the reason why I want to learn about faith and how it works, the first and foremost reason why I want to grab a hold of the faith of God and learn how to operate in it was because He told me that without faith, I cannot please my Heavenly Father. I'm talking to you as an individual right now. Without faith, Hebrews 11:6 6 says, you cannot please your Heavenly Father. And I knew that if I cannot please Him, then I don't have a good relationship with Him. If any of your children out there do not please you, your relationship's not a very good one. So as an individual, as a man, as a created man, as a new creation man, the purpose for wanting to understand the faith of God and learning how it works is not so I can just go off and get everything that, to fulfill my needs in life. The Bible says, seek ye the kingdom first and those will be added unto you. It's the same faith, beloved. But let's get our priorities right. Let's find out what our priorities are. Let's put them in first place and all those other things. They'll be added to you. It won't be hard to exercise faith for finances. It won't be hard to exercise faith to get healed. It'll be easy. See, sometimes I think we take for granted. And I think that's probably it. I think I took for granted that everybody, everybody's life was like my life. See? My, my motives, my attitude... You see, my heart towards the Father God. And sometimes those that preach faith, it, it, then you find out that someone don't read their Bible but once a month. 
Some of them, all they ever get out of the Word of God is what you preach to them three times a week if they come three times a week. But yet they're trying to get all the benefits and the blessings of God and they're saying, oh, this faith doesn't work. Look, I tried it and it doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't. It won't work that way. But if you'll listen to me today and get your priorities right in order, I guarantee you the God will move over every mountain of adversity in your life to find you and get you delivered in your time of need. Just like that. Amen. Let's go on back to the book of Genesis. Now, men, and I want to say this at this point, men, your first priority, according to God's Word, is your relationship with the Father God. It's establishing, not only establishing, but developing your relationship. People want to know, why, why should I be delivered? Why should I be healed? Why should I be set free? Why should I be filled with the Holy Spirit? Why should I be baptized in water? Why should I repent from good, dead works? Why should I do this? It's because you are establishing the fundamental principles of your relationship with the Father God, and it is your duty to do it. God did it in the beginning. He says, I am establishing relationship with you, and man became a living being. But when you walked out of the will of God, and man sinned, and he died... And that relationship was broken off. And that fellowship was broken off. He says, now I have sent my son to gather you all together back into fellowship and relationship with me. It's up to you to make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. It's up to you to get filled with the Holy Ghost. It's up to you to find out how faith works. It's up to us to make the move. Our Father made His move when He says, I love you so much I sent my only begotten Son. Amen? Now, let's go back here in Genesis, the second chapter. We started with verse 18. God is interested in His created man. I will make him a help meet for him. And out of the ground of the Lord, the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every fowl of the air, and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to the, all the cattle, the fowl of the air, and every beast of the field, for, but for Adam, but for Adam, but for Adam, there was not found a help meet for him. Okay. Verse 21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep. Why did he cause this deep sleep? Because he was concerned about his created man. He says, there's not a help meet for him. There's nothing suitable. That word there means just suitable. There's not a help suitable for him. Man doesn't have fellowship with an animal, does he? No. And the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her to the man. Number two, men, on your list of God's order of priority is your wife. Are you hearing me? You want to see why faith doesn't work for people? Because we're going to find out that the woman was not taken out from underneath your foot. That rib did not come from underneath your foot. And when people's lives get straightened out in their marriages, and you're going to see this through the, through the Word of God, you're going to find out how your prayers will be answered like that. 
let's get faith to the basic principles of God's Word and you'll find out how to work for you. I knew this. I thank God for my lovely wife. Hallelujah. I just praise God for her. And we're going to see... So I'm going to share some things with you about our personal lives and you're going to see some things how God will move on your behalf just like He did on ours. So He took from the rib of, of man. He took from the side, not under the foot. He took from the side. Someone said it like this. He took from the rib, from the side... So that she would be equal with the man. Under his arm. So he could protect her. And near his heart. So he could love her. The word, the Hebrew word that's here for woman. Is I-S-H. S-H-A-H. It means she man. Listen. She man. Or it could be said this way. She man or womb, W-O-M-B, man. W-O-M-B. She man or womb, because she was taken from the bosom of the man. Or female man, female man. God's purpose for his man was to make a she man. For him. That was suitable so that they too can preserve and multiply his creation. But man couldn't do it by himself. Are you hearing me? Brother, you couldn't do it by yourself. And everything in God's order of priorities in your life, if you're a married person today, will be done with your wife as being your strongest partner if you'll learn how to do it. Oh, I found out how we got answers to prayer, my wife and I. We stood together. And you show me a marriage relationship that is so strong, founded on the Word of God. And I'm not talking about one that says, the woman's under your foot. You're going to see that that's a bunch of hill of beans. What we call this, I guess, I don't know what kind of teaching you want to call it, but they, I don't know where they got out of the graveyard somewhere. But you're going to find out, brothers and sisters, that if you'll start to live up your life the way God told you to live up your life, you're going to find out you're going to have everything you need in this life and then some. And God, you're going to be on God's favor list if you'll do it. Number one priority, your relationship with the Father God. Number two priority is your wife. Well, let's go back. I told you that... Well, let's, yeah, let's, let's read this 23rd verse first. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man or she was builded or constructed right from the man. That's the purpose of the woman. Our Father God was interested in the well-being of His created man so he made him a woman or a she-man or a woman, whatever, or a female man, so that they can have perfect spiritual, intellectual, moral relationships together and preserve man on the earth and multiply on this earth. Being equal, being protected, and being loved by the man himself. And that's why he, he was taken flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone, they become one. Let's go back to the book of Ephesians and I'll show you exactly how Paul tied this in. And it, seems, it even seems as though in the book of Ephesians here, I know he's talking about the woman too, but listen, ladies, for a minute. Just let me get across my point because your first 
priority in your life is your relationship with the Father God, not your husband. Are you hearing me? I said, ladies, your first priority, God's priority in your life is not your husband, but it's your Heavenly Father. It is establishing your relationship with the Father God. That's your priority in life. Nowhere do you find in the Bible that it says that the man is the Lord of the woman. That's ridiculous. We're talking about family order when we say he is the head. And we're going to see something about if, 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 the, man, if the man is doing what Paul said to do in the first five chapters of Ephesians. And ladies, you submit yourself wholeheartedly. In the fifth chapter, verse 22. He spends all this time talking in the first chapter about our established relationship. Jesus shed his blood. All things are ours. He blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. You were dead, but now have he, has he made you alive in Jesus Christ. You know what is the riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints. Sounds like he's talking to his created man. He says, I bought you back. I paid the price. You're now alive. You're now one with your Father God again. And then he goes over here and talks about all this relationship. And then he goes to verse 22 and says, Now wives... I'm not saying that the first five chapters are not pertaining to the lady. I'm just showing you God's order, okay? Now, wives, he says, because your husband is on fire for God and because your husband knows that he has been redeemed and he has every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus because he has established a firm relationship with the Father God because he knows his relationship is a strong one with him. Because he's established his first priority in life is his relationship with his Father. And because he is filled with the Spirit, always walking in the Spirit, communicating with God in the Spirit, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs, making a melody in his heart unto the Lord. Because your husband is so on fire for God, he is the head of the household, he's walking in the ways of the Word of God. Wives, he said, now submit yourself. 522. Wives, Submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and the lover of the body. And the husband is the provider and the protector and the lover of the wife. Because she was taken from his side on an equal basis. That's what he's saying here. And because your husband is that way, because he is so strong in the things of God, you submit yourself to him. You listen and hearken to what he's saying because he, he, he's getting all his information right from the throne of God. Oh, it's a sad thing to find out that the woman is a spiritual leader of the house so I could just fall down on the, on the ground in her seat in the spirit. Some of these ladies have been standing in the gap for their husbands year after year, year after year. I think it's time us husbands start hearing something other than faith. Listen to me. That dear wife of yours has been praying on her knees and wearing the floor out and wearing her knees out and everything else to get their husband to turn on fire for God. And God said it from the beginning. If you're not doing it, you have to stand before him. And I want you to know it right now before you get there. You're going to have to stand before him. That's not her responsibility. That's not her duty. Her duty is to be submissive to you because you're on fire for God. And your relationship is so strong with him. Look what he says here. For the husband's ahead of the wife. Verse 24. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, subjection, submission, draw yourself nigh unto Him by humbling yourself, men, unto God's priorities, and then women submit. Submit yourself. 
Your husband submitted to God, now you submit. That's God's order. You find it throughout the Word of God. Hold your place right there. Go to Colossians, the third chapter. It's close by. In the first three chapters of the book of Colossians, it seems like the Apostle Paul is laying down the very same foundation. Very same foundation. He goes on right on through explaining about your being delivered from the powers of darkness. You're translated to the kingdom of His dear Son or the Son of His love. He goes on down to verse 15 in the third chapter. says, Let the peace of God ruin your hearts. In verse 16 he says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. And verse 17, Whatsoever you do in the word, in word or deed, do all in the name. And then verse 18 says, Now wives, God's order. Paul's explaining it. Wives, submit, submit to your own husbands as... Oh, you know what that's saying to me, beloved? Because your husband is so submitted unto the Lord, just as your husband is submitted to Him, you submit yourself to your husband. Boy, we've missed it. The church has missed it. They've read the Word of God and never, never received spiritual understanding in light of what God is saying in His Word to man. Now go back to the book of Ephesians. You'll see how this is being tied in together. Submission. Verse 24. Therefore, as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Only in everything because of the man's... Don't forget the man's lifestyle now. Don't forget that man's lifestyle in the first five chapters of this book. Husbands, love your wives. Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself. I am so proud of my wife. She has understood and learned God's order of priorities in taking care. My, I'll tell you something right now, beloved. My wife could submit herself to me because she knows that. I'll seek out God's wisdom in every area of our lives. She can submit herself to me in what I say, in spiritual things, in natural things, because she has learned that the calling of God that's on every single person's life here starts in the home. My wife understands and knows that her place is her relationship, number one, with Him, and then second of all, to be a help meet, suitable for me, and to free me up and give me the time that I need in the ministry. And notice I haven't gotten to that part yet. And you're going to see that number three is her responsibility is her children. And I'll tell you what, I can hear the voice of God just praising her. Just like I do because of how she takes care of her children. And I still haven't gotten to the ministry yet. You're going to find out that that's going to be last on our list. Your job. But I want you to see these things. We're going to tie these things in together. You're going to see how family units should work out. When the church is filled with family units that are strong like this, I'll tell you what, Satan has no power. And you're going to see that that's how you can be the strongest in the Lord. Is by this way. Go on. So, men, verse 28, to love their wives as their own bodies because he said they are their own bodies. They are their own bodies. Flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. So, men to love their wives as their own bodies. Every time you come against your wife and put her down and, and everything you do, <clears throat> you're doing it against yourself. Let's go on. <clears throat> For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes, this is verse 29, it even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. Now stop right there, because we're going to catch out this next verse. 
and go back to 1 Peter. And let's look at how Peter tied in the very same thing. I'll tell you what, we are going to have to have a family seminar. A seminar on the family, God's priorities in our lives, and to show how every person involved in a family unit can be a blessed beyond belief if they'll just do these things and do what he says to do in his word as a family unit. And if any of you out there are going into the ministry, your ministry does not come above your family. Number one, it doesn't come above your relationship with your father God. It does not come above your relationship with your wife. And it does not come above your relationship with your children. You're going to see that the next one on the list is number three is the children. As we get down to it. In the third chapter of First, uh, of First Peter, likewise you wives... He goes on and explains that you're born again of the Word of God, the incorruptible seed of the Word of God, and you know the power of, of, of that being born again. You desire the sincere milk of the Word in chapter 2, that you may grow thereby. You are a holy nation, a royal priesthood. Set yourself apart for serving the living God to show forth the excellencies of His glory. And now he said, wives. Priority number two. Be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by conversation of the wives or the lifestyle. While they behold your chaste, that word in the Greek is H-A-G-N-O-S, it means pure from every fault, immaculate, pure from carnality and moderate. While they behold your immaculate, pure lifestyle, Free from fault. Coupled with what? Fear. Let me give you a definition. The word that's used here for fear means reverential fear of God as a controlling motive of the life in spiritual and moral matters. Not of power, or, or not of God's power and of righteous retribution. You're not in fear of God's power and righteous retribution, but a wholesome dread of displeasing Him so that it influences your attitude, your emotions, and your actions. You are showing your husband, ladies, that your first priority in life is your relationship with the Father God. You are submitting by living a pure life. You're telling them that blessed be God, what God said is true, and I'm going to have to live my life the way God said to live it, not the way by the husband said to live it. It's time these things got out. It's time that us guys, men, start to realize what God said in His Word. He's not saying because you're a man of the household that you're to do all these things to your wife. And tell them to sin because your wife should tell you, no, I will not sin. My fear of God is far greater than my fear of you. I'm going to live my life clean and pure and chaste and holy, spotless and blameless before the Almighty God. And I'll tell you what, you're going to get some husbands to wake up. It is a shame. And if you're in this position, I say it right here before you. It is a shame to realize that the husband has left it up to the wife to take the children to church. And to train them and teach them and to nurture an admonition of the Lord when God's clearly stated that it's the duty of both parents and primarily the father. It's a crime. It's a shame. Let's go on and read see what happens. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning, let it not be the outward adorning of plating of the hair or the wearing of gold or putting on of apparel, but let it be the heart of that woman 
that is not corruptible, even an ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in sight of God, great price. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also, who trusted in God, adorned themselves, being in subjection to their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, as long as you do well, and are not afraid with, with any amazement. Likewise, you husbands, dwell with them according to this knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as the weaker vessel, as the weaker vessel, not the weaker vessel, and as being heirs, just like on your savings account book, heirs, equal heirs, of the grace of life. Why? That your prayers be not hindered. The family's prayers have been so tied up and hindered. They're trying to say, well, you know, I pray the prayer of faith. I pray Mark 11:23, Mark 11:24. I don't understand. It's not working for me. But yet the, the, the husband and the wife are not working together. And yet the husband and the wife and the children are far apart from each other. And they're not living according to God's orders of priorities. And no one's even attempting to make a move in the right direction to settle it and to live right before God. And they want to know why Mark 11:23 doesn't work. Well, you got your answer right there. Your first priority in life is establishing a faith that is so unmovable with the Father God. Hallelujah. That He knows your every move and you know His every move. You're walking so close to Him. I mean husbands right now. Fathers, you're walking so close to Him that the woman has somebody to turn to for protection, for love. I'll never forget when we were down at school, when we were down at Tulsa, when it seemed like my position as a provider was to be one to make sure that my family's needs are met through the almighty hand of God. And because of the calling upon my life, we were in a position that it seems like if it wasn't for intervention of the, the supernatural, God's intervention, my father's help, but I wasn't fulfilling my duties. And my wife came by my side and she says, Honey, what are we going to do now? Who she had to turn to? My relationship with him. I said, Honey. I put my arm around her and I said, Honey, it's all right. We'll ask our Father. We'll ask our Father, honey, in our need to be met. You want to know why that $200 came? It didn't start with the prayer of faith, friends. It started with an established relationship with the Father God. And she submitted herself and said, Honey, I have, I have faith in your faith between Him and you. And she sat back out of the picture. She said, You go ahead and pray. That's humility, friends. That's submitting. That's humbling yourself. And she did. Yeah, the finances came. Not because we knew Mark eleven twenty three. 23. Because of our hearts. The Bible says He doesn't look on the outward appearance. He looks upon the attitude of your heart. What's on the inside. Can you see that? This is where life begins in the spirit of man, in the heart of man. Prayers will not be hindered. Then he says, finally, and he goes on. Go back to the book of Ephesians. And let's see here. We'll see something else. Look at verse 31. For this cause shall a man... For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother. Now, parents, I want you to listen. Young people that's about to get married, I want you to listen. Those of you that are, 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 have just gotten married, I want you to listen. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife and they too shall be one flesh. Go back to the book of Genesis and let's see something that's instituted here by the Father God. This is a, it's astounded me when I read it in this light. Verse 
Look at the look at the twenty fourth verse. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife. You know what Adam said? You know what Eve said? What's a mother? What's a father? What do you mean? There wasn't a mother. Adam didn't have a mother. He had a creator. Eve didn't have a mother. Why is he establishing this now? There's not a mother or father there. For this cause shall a man leave and cleave. Write that down in your Bible. Friends, if you're not ready to leave your mother and father, you're not ready to cleave unto your wife. If you are not ready to drop all family, I'm not talking about not loving your parents. I'm talking about you are leaving your parents to establish a relationship with another individual who is becoming one with you. And your parents and her parents have got no say-so in the matter once you're married. There are many marriages that have been destroyed because of mother and father not letting go of their kids or because of child not letting go of their parents. This is God's order. He established it. He established it for us to follow. And He made sure He said it first of all before there ever was a mother or a father. Can you see what He's doing here? Notice that there's not a church yet. What we call church. He is establishing order, or the order of life. And this is exactly the way He wants it to be. Number one, men, you have a responsibility to establish a relationship with God, your Father, that is strong in faith. And if you have not done that, you are not number one in God's will yet. Number two, your relationship with your wife is the second thing on your list that you have got to establish a strong relationship with. And if you're not married yet, you make this the next second most important decision that you've ever made in your life. Because it, that's exactly the way he listed it here in the Word. And the next thing that Paul said in the book of Ephesians, and you'll find it in Genesis 4, number three on your list, I'm not going to have time to get through all this. So I believe we'll save it. But I, I'm just in case you're not coming tonight. You're just with us this morning. Number three on your list is your relationship with your children. Number four, we'll divide into two parts. The body of Christ, your local church, your, your relationship with the body, and your job. We'll make them A and B if you want. A and B. Your children, the body of Christ, and your job. And you're going to follow Ephesians, the sixth chapter. This is exactly what he said. After he talked about the wives, he said children. After he talked about the children, he said servants. Your job. But we've inserted in there along with that the royal commandment. Love one another as I've loved you. And that's our fellowship in this body right here. That's our fellowship right here. You'll see Genesis 4. Eve said, I've got a man from the Lord. I got a man from the Lord. 
Oh, glory to God. I got a man from the Lord. That is the next on his list of priorities. A man from the Lord. Your relationship with your children. I'm going to pick it up tonight right there. Because I, I don't want to start it now. I won't have time to get into all the last three things. But I want to say this. I did not near... I could cover every one of these points and probably preach two weeks on every one of them. If you're a man and you're not born again and you've not established, I mean, a relationship with God that is unmovable and unshakable, then you're not, you're not even a man. You're not a man. I don't say that arrogantly. I don't say that in disrespect. I say that to impart knowledge to you right now. Knowledge. That God has laid down principles in His Word for His order of priorities in our everyday life. If we are His creation, we are to follow His ways of living. I thought everybody knew it. I knew it in my heart when I got saved. I knew that this ministry is not above my relationship with my wife. Why do you think many men's ministries are destroyed? Because their relationship with their wife is destroyed. They put it above the relationship with their wife. Why do you think many ministers' children are unsaved? It's because they're saving everybody else's kids and not their own. And the Lord never called any man to do that. He did not call you to leave your wife. He did not call you to have a family. And if, if you're not getting any respect from your children out there, I want you to know something, friends. It's not your kid's fault. That is next on his list of priorities. And if you have failed to do it in your life, it is your fault. I mean that with all the love in my heart. If you'll begin to establish these principles and these priorities in your everyday life, if you'll just be, this will answer many questions to many people. People are frustrated. I hear them every day. They're frustrated. Why? Because they can't get into their ministry because of their children. My heart goes out. My heart goes out. That's why I could stand here and I could just say, Honey, I love you. My wife is a mother to her children. She is a wife to me. And she loves our Heavenly Father. And when you're going to see her up here doing something in this ministry is when those children are on their way, going in the ways of God because we have instructed them and taught them. And as I said, this happens just to be my... I don't want to put it this way, but it is what He's called me to do as my job in this earth. It cannot come above these things. And when she has, and I both, have seen to her that our children have come to a place that they are free. We know that they are filled with God's Word. We've done everything in our power to get them on the right road. Then she's involved in the work of God. Because right now, that is her number one calling back there. And I mean to tell you, I haven't seen anybody do it better. I mean that. I haven't seen anybody do it better. If you can find one, you show me. Maybe just as good, but not better. I mean that. And we've lived our life from this from the very beginning. People say, well now, why does the, his prayers get answered? Why does Brother So-and-So's prayer go back and see what their lifestyle's like? And you'll find out why their prayers get answered. That your prayers be not hindered. I can't make you live it, but I can live it. And he said one more thing for me to tell you. And this is at the end of all this, but I don't have time to get through it all. He said, my Greatest message I'll ever preach to this body at Midland will be what I live before you. That'll be my greatest message to you. 
I could preach louder if I want to, but my life will speak a lot louder than my voice. And I have purpose in my heart, and by my faith is to get so close to the Father God, that's my desire, to walk as He walks. And then number two on my list of priorities is make sure that everything my wife has, we're one in the Spirit, one in the Lord, living our lives together as He called us to live our lives together. And then see to it that my children grow up and so strong in the Word of God. And then he said over there after that, your, your job, your, 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 I mean, I'm sorry, your relationship with the body of Christ, you're living together in unity, harmony, and love with the body, brotherly love, brotherly kindness, and then your job. Servants, he says, and masters, if you're a servant or if you're a master in, in the area of, of your work, he tells you exactly how to live your life. And then you know what he said, I'll give you a taste just for those that are unable to make it because you live elsewhere tonight. The last thing Paul said in the book of Ephesians was, Now, finally. You know what he meant by that? Now what's left to do, beloved, is be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Because your relationship with Him is established. Because you and your wife are strong, agreeing partners. And your children are right there praying in the Spirit and giving glory to God. And your household unit is so on fire for God that the glory of God comes out every time you worship and minister to the Lord together. And your relationship with your employer is so strong, blessed be God. And your fellowship with the body is so strong. Yeah, look at this brother so-and-so. Boy, he got his act together. Glory to God. Yes, they look for God. And then finally, he said, what's left to do is be so strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God. That's part of it right there. The whole armor of God and stand against all the wiles of the devil because he'll come, but he'll be unable to defeat you in life. Because you can give no place to the devil when your life is like that. Now I know why down here, why people are saying it don't work. It don't work. Somebody left an article on my desk, I guess, for me to read. I read it. That article said, the truth about faith. And in essence, this is what it was saying. They are so godly. They are so close to God. That if they don't get their prayer answered, then it can't be them. It's got to be God. How much humility does that have in it? They, the article even said, these saintly people, if they didn't get their prayer answered, it wasn't their fault. It wasn't because they didn't use the right formula. It wasn't because they didn't say Mark eleven twenty three loud enough. Beloved, you hear me if you wrote that. If you put the article on my desk, I'll tell you right now, you hear me. I get on my knees before God like this. And I say, Father God, if I didn't get my prayer answered, I humble myself before you. I straighten my life out before you. I'll do anything you want me to do to change and get my prayer. Because I know it's your will to give it to me. I have done the wrong and not you. And I repent right now in Jesus' name. And the answer comes just like that. Admit your pride. Admit your pride before your Father God. And you'll get your prayer answered because of your love for Him. That's right. You don't know if there's an if in somebody's heart. You don't know if they're holding something in their heart against somebody from years back. You don't know all the answers as to why somebody didn't get their prayer answered. But I know this. He says, I came to give you life more abundantly. I know this. Humble yourself before me and I'll exalt you. Submit yourself unto me, and I'll lift you up. That don't sound like he's going to put some sickness or disease on me and laugh at me while I'm down there. 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write a letter on that. And I'll tell you what. I pray God that it gets to who wrote it. I mean that. It's time we start to speak out. It's time we start to stand up. I hear articles. The truth about faith. This about faith. That about faith. That, and all this is a big cop-out. That's all it is. Just a big cop-out so that they don't have to live a good life before God. But then disguise it behind saying, this dear saintly person, sinless, I go before the throne of God and take communion as much as I can. And I say, Father God, forgive my faults and failures. Forgive my ingratitude before you. I humble myself before you. I'm in the flesh yet. And I know this flesh falls short of your glory every single day of my life. That's why do you think 1 John 1 9 is in the Bible? Some people don't practice it but once a year. Every day. Every time you sin with your tongue, you better speak it out. No, I found the truth out about faith. It is a life dedicated, consecrated, and devoted to walking as the Master walked here on this earth. Are you willing and are you a man to do it? This is the message he laid upon my heart. This is the answer why people have not received from God. No, it's not a formula. It's a lifestyle. Are you willing to live it? Are you willing to take up your cross and follow me? These are the principles that he has set in order in his word from the very beginning. And I'll tell you what, I'm ready to do it. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.